Good evening, bikers. Jimmy here, reminding you to make sure you listen to the end of the show where you'll be given some ear candy from our friends over at Dungeons and Queers. An awesome fifth ed actual play focused on creating exciting and relevant stories for anyone who considers themselves marginalised by societal expectations. Go check them out. I promise you won't regret it. Now, on with the show. You struggle to sleep. Thoughts of the children and their dog out in the quarry stay with you throughout the night, and more than once you get up and peek through your curtains, convinced you can hear a familiar bark. Yet the streets remain empty. The sun rises, and with it a promise. A promise that if you don't see the little corgi out on his daily preamble, then you'll be forced to take action. Welcome to Marsh Haven. Welcome to Brits on Bikes. Once again, Brits on Bikes fans, and welcome to episode eight. Uh, with me, as always, is Kat. Hello. Andy. Ahoy, hoy. I meant Eve. <laughs> Sorry. It wouldn't be an episode if I got somebody's name wrong. Okay, right. So, we had a pretty heavy episode last week, didn't we? Yeah. Lots of yeah. information. Have you been able to digest and absorb it? Yes. I've listened to that episode like three times. I really should have done that. <laughs> but you haven't. I haven't. Okay, that's all right. You <laughs> should have the all the exposition in that story, which should be on roll 20 somewhere. I know we put it there. There it is. Yeah. I'll just wipe that on for you, just in case you need it. It shouldn't be highly vital to tonight's episode, but you never know. Um, I'm just going to do a quick recap now. So Sally and Dee were chased by the cultists who they had stolen the marsh stone from. They managed to escape on their bikes. Dee, I believe... Oh no, Sally, I believe you had nettles with you and you went to Neil's house. Yes. And Dee, after a little bit of cycling around, you headed off to Neil's house as well. Before you got there though, Sally blacked out. And just a few moments later when you arrived, you blacked out as well. Upon awakening, you found find yourself in a bare empty room with just a, a white strip light and a mysterious symbol on the floor. What transpired was that Mrs Thistledown, your history teacher, is in fact the sole member of an esoteric group known as the Order. Also involved in that group is Miss Schiller, Erin Schiller, who may or may not be, although I think it was pretty obvious to everybody, that she is Fae. She is of the Fae realm. The Fae realm is all-encompassing and all over Marsh Haven and is particularly significant to Marsh Haven. If you want to find out more, listen to the last episode. So we left you having been knocked out again and when you woke up you were in your beds and you found a card next to your table. Sally, you had, well Sally, you found a card next to your table saying uh, Elysium Junkyard 12pm. D, you had a similar thing handed to you by Nettles who we now know is perhaps something more significant than he first suggested and your card said 12 p.m elysium junkyard you can trust them so that's where we're going to pick up i'm going to start with you sally it is now thursday morning so you're in your room what do you want to do do i forget are we on the summer holidays or do i have school you have school 
Well, I guess I'm going to get up and get ready for school. Okay, then. So you, what have you done with the card? Um, I've put it in my bag and I'm trying not to think about it because I'm pretty sure last night was a dream. <laughs> You've and... got so much denial. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, because I'm a citizen of the real world. <laughs> and yeah, and just too much weird stuff has broken my tiny little brain. And so I'm like, you know what? It was probably a dream. This is probably just like a weird note from... D or something. <laughs> I'll ask him about it when I get to school. It's fine. Okay, okay. So you you get yourself ready for school, put your school uniform on, and you head downstairs. Are you going to get breakfast? Yes. Okay. Can't so... start the day without breakfast. All right, what are you having for breakfast? Just, you know, cereal. Whatever's popular in the 70s, I don't know. I'm a kid what? of the 90s. What? No jam on toast? No. Just jam goes in sandwiches, not <laughs> Okay, okay. So you, you grab yourself something to eat and sit down at the table. As you're eating, your mum enters the room. Tell me about your mum. What does she look like? She's, uh, she's quite tall and um, naturally blonde. Okay. Basically, kind of like the antithesis of, of Sally, who's kind of small and a little bit a little bit chubby and like mousy so mm-hmm. her mum's like this kind of tall blonde thin and just you know she looks like she could be like an ex-beauty queen kind of thing okay so she's a bit glam is she all right I mean, then. she's not so much glam just kind of like conventionally attractive which i like to think is part of the reason that sally is a disappointment whereas sally's younger sister looks a lot more like the mum and so they're much more kind of she's, okay. she kind of sees herself in her younger daughter not so much the elder daughter okay what's your sister's name amelia amelia okay yes. so but millie for short and, and what's your mum's name patricia well, you're sitting down eating your breakfast when your mum arrives and she looks at you and she says, oh, Sally, 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 could you please do something with your hair? It looks like a nest. You shouldn't be going to school like that. You, me- you need to make a good appearance. Sorry, mum. Anyway, I'm, I'm glad you're here. I have, uh, I have something I need to talk to you about. And um, she pulls out the chair next to you and sits down and she looks at you, quite unsure how to broach the subject. Um, She obviously is somebody who finds communicating with you difficult. She doesn't fully understand you as much as perhaps your your sister Amelia. Um, Now, listen, darling, I bumped into Mrs Nocturne in the supermarket yesterday and she was telling me, well, she feels that your work is becoming a little bit on the sloppy side and that you are becoming distracted and this is unacceptable. We're Richards. We have high standards. We expect the very best. And if you're not doing your best, I need to know why. I'm sorry, Mum. It's just... I miss Neil. Yes, I know that Neil's disappearance has obviously upset you. And Mrs Nocturne said as much. But she thinks there's other factors involved. She believes that the American influence may be distracting you somewhat. American influence? Derek, Sally. Derek, you've been spending an awful lot of time with Derek recently. He's my friend. I have to ask, is he your boyfriend? Ew, no, he's he's my friend. Are you sure? There's nothing going on because you're far too young for that, Sally. Ew, what, why would he be my boyfriend? That's gross. Well, you spend an awful lot of time together and I know what girls are like these days. <laughs> it... Well, it must be something. He's my friend. He's got a dog. I I like his dog. I know what these Americans are like. 
he hasn't he hasn't made you try drugs, has he? He hasn't had you on the on on the jazz fags. <laughs> I mean, he did make her smoke once. She did it way yeah, better. Just normal cigarettes. Um, sorry, um, you 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 got me with the yeah. Um, <clears throat> back in character. No, we just we just ride our bikes. Are you sure? Yeah. He hasn't made you do anything you don't want to do. No. He's not um, bullying you, is he? No, he's the only one who's not. She looks at you and she sighs and she says, look, I know you don't have that many friends. Um, I don't really know why you're Richards, but clearly you come from your father's side of things. I'm Ironic, not because go- that is the Richards part, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to make you stop seeing Derek. However, I will be checking up on you. I will be talking to Mrs. Nocturne. And so help me, if your work doesn't improve, if you don't pay more attention and have more focus in school, then there'll be a lot to answer for. Do you understand, young lady? Yes. Now do something with your hair and go to school. You're going to be late. I reluctantly slide out of my chair and grab a hairbrush on the way out. Okay, and we're just going to transition over there and we're going to go <clears throat> over to Dee. So Dee, you're in your room. What are you up to? Dee is preparing. He's preparing for what? Well, obviously stuff's going down, so he's going to be <laughs> ready for that stuff. He is trying to like figure out everything that he's going to need in his bag for when things inevitably get hairy that means he's gonna find some bandages he's gonna (laughs) get a flashlight he's gonna like if he could dig up a pair of binoculars (laughs) so he's already got some lighter (laughs) oh what else might you need when you he's gonna look down at at that also be like wait so uh what what all do we need for when this gets bad because it's going to get bad, and you don't tell me it won't. These people want Nettles us to be kind magic of... spies. <laughs> Nettles just looks up at you, not really that bothered. Spare pants. Good idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to say that probably in your room you would have a flashlight. I think after your recent adventures of a few months earlier, you'd probably have binoculars as well. Yeah. Bandages you won't find in your room, though. You're going to have to get those from elsewhere. That spare way, pants yeah, or trousers for our British listeners. You... Oh, yeah, I assumed it was spare underwear. Like, what are you going to be doing with... You're going to be soiling yours. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so you, you, you'll definitely have those. That's no problem at all. Plus all the other gubbins that you, you keep in your bag anyway. Uh, all right, jacket on, hat on, full on, like, a preparation montage... Okay, uh, so what are you, what are you wearing? Uh, the sturdiest pants I have and a denim and wool jacket. Make a brains roll for me. A three. <laughs> That'll do it. Do you remember that you were supposed to be going to school today and you're going to need to put your short trousers on? Dee knows he's supposed to be going to school. Dee is not going to school. You're not going to school. Dee is not going to school. You've already decided, have you? Yep. D is, D is like school. No. <laughs> got, okay, no I got, problem. I got magical spy business. 
you got magical swipers. <laughs> it's amazing. All right, yeah. so you get yourself ready and you you head downstairs. Yeah, head downstairs. Playing it cool. Okay, so you go downstairs and you arrive into the kitchen. When you get there, Uncle Tommy is already there. He's absorbed in a newspaper. He's kind of got a slice of toast in his hand, poised, ready to eat it. But he's he's obviously looking at the newspaper intently. You just gotta stop and stare at him and like see how long he holds that toast next to his open mouth before he takes a bite. <laughs> After a wait of about five seconds, he moves the toast towards his mouth and then looks up and sees you. And he's like, oh, um, uh, D, D, uh, you need to get into a school uniform. Uh, yeah, no, I'm wearing underneath my clothes. It's a little bit chilly out. Uh, no, that's that's not how we do things around here. You know that. Please don't try and test my patience. I mean, he's been with you for a couple of months now. He's beginning to, to warm to, to the way you work. Okay, I need you to go back upstairs and I need to put the school uniform on or take those trousers off so that you've got your school uniform on. Ah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> he goes back I... upstairs, keeps jacket zipped up, puts on those stupid shorts, <laughs> throws his pants in his bag. As you're getting dressed, Uncle Tommy makes his way upstairs and stands at the door and says, Dee, have you put your shirt and tie on? Yeah. Let me see. What's under the jacket? Yeah, uh, slam the door. Almost immediately, as you slam the door, he opens the door. He's frustrated. He's not angry, and he looks at you, uh, like trying to hook the tie over your um, over your head. And he says, "Look, D, D, uh, I uh, look. Maybe you need some help with that. I think. Um, look, let me show you. A, a, a tie is a very, very important part of a of a, of a gentleman's uh, outfit." You need to get it right. Now, for school, obviously, you'll only need the half Windsor, but there will be occasions where you need the full Windsor. So let me just show you. You can't have it just hanging round your neck halfway down your chest. And he stands in front of you and ties the tie into a half Windsor and just slides it up so it's covering the buttons of your shirt. Dee, I, I, I'm glad we're here uh, because... <sighs> I think now's the time that you and I should have a little chat about uh, the way things move forward in in our in our little house. Um, I uh, I think you need to start perhaps uh, taking in some of the some of the English way of life. Um, maybe embracing some of some of the things that we do over here. Some of the things that will allow you to be accepted into British culture. Do you understand what I mean? Uh, yeah, no, no, uh, totally. Uh, yeah, no, like, I've, I've been Okay, just stop right there. Stop right there. That's the first one. It's not totally. It's totally. Can you say that for me? Totally. Yeah. Totally. No, after me. T -t 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 totally. Totally. He sighs. We're going to try that once more. To. 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 Lee. Lee. Totally. Totally. Oh, you see Nettles perched on the floor with his paws over his eyes, um, <laughs> kind of exasperated. Look, it's it's important. Language in this country is, is, is part of what made us great. And if you don't use it correctly, people will never take you seriously. I mean, if, if I was to go into the office and, and talk like you, I, I, nobody would pay me any attention whatsoever. 
You need to start acting like a gentleman. So I've done something. I hope you don't mind. But the one thing that any gentleman does is make sure that he has a gentlemanly pastime. So I've enrolled you in the local cricket club. I know you like your baseball game and you must miss it a great deal. But cricket is cricket is far nobler. It's a much, much more exciting and exhilarating sport. Plus sandwiches. But I've seen freaking cricket and... It's just a bunch of guys standing around a bunch of sticks, swatting grounders with a freaking two by four. <laughs> it is the slowest List- thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, it will teach you patience, D, and that's what you need. You can't go just charging off into everything that you do. Cricket builds a character. It makes you who you are. It makes you more British. I ain't British. I'm from Brooklyn, man. I like That's being from thing. Brooklyn. I'm not man. I'm uncle. Or Thomas. Man is not in our vocabulary. <laughs> Please try to use the correct grammar and pronunciation. Yeah, my bad, Uncle Tommy. <laughs> Look. I'm dying of it. You've got your... F- <laughs> I, I've, I've enrolled you into the cricket team and you've got your first uh, training on Saturday. Now, you're going to be there. Do you understand? Um, yeah, all right. I'll, 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 I'll give it a try, all right? Very good. I think it, once you once you give it a go, I think you'll really enjoy yourself and just think you might even make lots of new friends. Uh, yeah, sure. You're, you're going to be late for school. Um, bye, Dee. Bye, Uncle Tommy. He just heads out the door. Is he, like, leaving, leaving? He's left your room and he's gone downstairs. Okay. Yeah, I reckon I'm going to head outside. I'm going to try to intercept her. Sally. Okay, okay, that should be fine. So um, you head off to school and it only takes you a couple of minutes to meet up with Sally. You guys have a school routine. You tend to walk to school together, so that's no problem at all. Hi. So uh, did you uh, get that? Uh, did you get a note? Yeah, I thought you left that. No, I did not leave that. Where, did oh. I, where would I get business cards with that freaking symbol on it? You could have drawn it, I don't know. So here's my plan. We skip out, we go, we, like, scope this place out. I, that way we're not walking in, no traps or nothing. Uh, my mom would kill me. She had a big go at me this morning about not being good enough at school. Yeah. What are you talking about? You're, like, uh, like the second smallest person I know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say the second smallest person you know? <laughs> Smartest. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, what size got to do with it? <laughs> that yeah, you know got like... noticed you. You're way down there. <laughs> <laughs> You're basically invisible. What's going on? Um, yeah. I don't know. Back, just some one of the teachers doesn't think I'm doing well. So, but it's okay because I I can I can do better. Uh, I just wh- been, which I've... one? Let, let me let me take a. Let me take a while if we can guess. Uh, Just going to jump in quickly. What's that? Mrs. Nocturne is your English teacher, but she's also both your form tutor as well. So she's like your homeroom teacher. Okay. It's like, what the hell is a form tutor? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that is a weird phrase. I've never really thought about it. Yeah, right? But then I guess it used to be called like third form, fourth form, fifth form and stuff. So that makes sense. Yes, sorry. Um... Yeah. No, you were going to guess what teacher it was, so yeah, I'm not talking. We're going to knock 
Yeah, but you know, it's it's okay. I can I'll, I can I can do better. So I'll I'll just do better sure, and I'll be I, fine. I, so you're not skipping out with me? No, I can't skip out. I've got to go to school. Wait, so going to like uh class at the end of the day, make it out there to the junkyard. Yeah, you going to abandon me there alone? I'm not going to abandon you because you're meant to be at school too. If anything, you're abandoning me. Oh, that's called Sally. Like, we're, we're going, we got people out here wanting us to be magic spies. They want something out of us, all right? We're like, I, they need us, and they know that we know. And them freaking, uh, them, them wizards that we fought last night, they seen our faces. At the very least, they seen my dog, and everybody knows <laughs> whose dog that is. The dog is, like, all over the place. The dog's probably ten yeah. feet behind me right now. I mean, he's all over the place, so how would anyone know he's yours? Cause he's just, because he could be he's anyone, like, he's all, everywhere. Everybody knows he's mine. <sighs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you're that famous. But look, right, at the very least, I'm showing up that noon, right? I'd like it if you were there too. I ain't gonna sit here and force you to do nothing, alright? You gotta make Question that from the GM. Okay. What time is lunch? Um, lunch is at roughly 12 o'clock. Actually, you can both make brains rolls for me. Ooh, that's a three. Ooh. Oh, Exploded. <gasps> Explosion. That'd be a seven. Sally, your, your brain's full of other things, but there, you recall that the lesson that you have just before lunch is history with Mrs. Thistledown. Ah, convenient. Yeah, it's freaking Thistledown that told us to be there, right? It's... She's practically excusing us to skip school. How do you know this is it was a school her? trip? <laughs> oh, I mean, who else is going to be? I don't know. This is all very weird, and I don't think we'd have a school trip to a junkyard. That doesn't sound right. Yeah, it's it's for private lessons. I right? they're trying to the. They're trying to, like, brainwash us. They're, they're trying to get something for free from us, all right? So I'm going to go in there and I'm going to get us a good if deal. If they're trying to brainwash us, why do you want to go? Because I can get something out of this, all right? I, I need to learn magic. Need why? To. Can't explain it. I just, I got to learn it. You got to trust me. I mean, I trust you. I just don't get it. Look, I skip out on the... Uh, Skip out on thistles to class. You don't need to do it. We gotta get to I'm the I'm gonna ask class. before doing that because I don't want to get in more trouble. Okay, guys, can you make grit rolls for me, please? That's a four. That is a Ooh. two. Go me. You guys really need to buy some dice. Yeah, They're I know. Really crap, oh, I've got huh? some dice. I just don't know where I put them. Well, like you mean like actual dice? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm stupid. I've rolled a two in my brains roll real life. <laughs> Okay, all right, so you guys carry on plodding uh, across town to school. As you get just to the front gates, you notice there are some people hanging around outside. You recognise two of them. One is Mr. Cups, who is the head teacher of the school. The other one that you recognise is Frank Perkins, the reporter. The third man... Sally, you've got no idea who it is. D, you have a feeling you've seen him somewhere before. You just don't know where. As you approach the gates, Mr. Cups steps forward 
and opens his arms in greeting. Ah, here they are, the heroes of the hour. It's natural that two students from this school would be vital in the recovery of such a precious artifact. It's wonderful. I've just heard the news now. Well done, Dee. Well done, Sally. You're a credit to this school. Yeah. Yeah, no, of course. We uh, totally did a thing. Thank you, sir. Frank steps forward and uh, he says, oh, listen, can I, uh, can I uh, get a picture of, of you two and, uh, and Mr. Cups and Mr. Wallace as well? Would that be all right? Okay. Yeah. Make grit rolls again or uh, make grit all brain rolls. I'm sorry? Uh, it can be either grit or brains. I wonder which one it's going to be. I want to roll grit, please, because I just rolled oh, a nine. I just... Oh, nice. That would be a 37. The moment Frank says the name Wallace, you know exactly who it is. It's Victor Wallace, the man that you saw first outside the Civic Hall, leaving the Aquarius Association. Then you saw him down in the quarry, beginning the Elementa Tenebris ritual. He is the man that Miss Schiller and Mrs. Thistledown warned you about. The one who is trying to summon a dark creature of chaos and destruction. What do you do? Yell stranger danger and run into school? That's probably not a thing in the 70s, is it? I don't what know when stranger danger then? became a I thing. I don't know. Uh, Sally, I should say, you he, recognise he, him as being Victor Wallace. You don't remember the rest of the other stuff. He's... Oh, uh, okay. He's t- he is wanting to take a picture with us. Does he look like the hippie guy? What's he dressed like? He's dressed like his, his normal hippie self. He's got a pair of dungarees on and a tie-dyed shirt. He wears a very large floppy hat. He's got <laughs> scraggly grey hair and a beard, which is a little bit messy. Yeah, he's he's your typical kind of ageing hippie type. Hey, Wally. How are you doing? As Frank pulls out a small, rather cheap-looking camera, clearly his photographer's on holiday or something, Frank steps forward next to Mr. Cups, and he puts his arm around you, Dee, and pulls you into the photo, rather more gently and tactilely. He does the same with Mr. Cups. Frank takes the camera. Sally, you're stood the other side of Mr. Cups, and he just starts snapping pictures. He says, oh, that's great. Brilliant, look at this, Heroes of the Hour. And he clicks away. Okay, could everybody do silly hands for me? Because that's what all local photographers always ask you to do. Ugh. Um. I want to point out, every single one of these pictures, these just kind of side-eyeing Victor. Like, okay. one eyebrow arched. Thank you. Okay. Sally is blinking in approximately 75% of them. Frank then steps forward to take names and says, "Oh, Mr. Wallace, could you just could you just go over the facts again for us, please, just so that we've got them ready for the story?" Yeah, Wally, and, um, do the facts. Victor stares intently at you. He's still got his arm around you, and you can feel him just applying a little too much pressure to your shoulder. Why? <laughs> he um. His his voice is is surprisingly gentle for for a person that you believe to be kind of quite an evil, evil wizard. And, and yeah, an evil wizard. He says, "I was up near the quarry. I like to go there to meditate and reconnect with Mother Earth. There are several intersecting ley lines up there, and I find the Earth energy particularly grounding. These brave." 
brave children came to me and uh, they were there as well. And, and they ran up to me and they said that they had seen someone suspicious in the quarry. Now, I'm a curious fellow, so decided to see what was going on. I don't know what they were doing, but they darted off as soon as I approached. There was a pile of rocks where they were standing, and there on top of the pile was the marsh stone. I'd heard about the theft from the Aquarius Association, so felt it my civic duty to return the stone to the curator of the exhibition. And lo, order is returned to our town. And as he says the word order, he looks at both of you. That didn't happen. Um, Frank interjects and he says, uh, Sally, D, can you tell us, what were you doing up at the quarry anyway? You know, going on adventures, snooping about. So did you get a good look at the men? Could you describe them for us? They were dressed in robes. And you're not going to point out that Victor was one of them. No. That ain't how this works. (laughs) Is this a don't talk to journalists kind of thing? Make a brains or grit roll. Both of you can do this. That's a four. That's a one. Oh, God. You're busy trying to work out what exactly you want to say to Frank. So tell us what you want to say. Having rolled a one, I want to say that that's not what happened at all when we went to the quarry, but I can't actually remember why. Oh, yeah. So um, because I'm an idiot, I'm going to tell him the truth that we thought that the, uh, the stone had something to do with the with with. Hush, what's the name of the little Stonehenge thing that's in the middle of town? Uh, Marsh Rock. Marsh Rock. We thought it might have something to do with Marsh Rock. And then we saw that the Marsh Rock stuff came from the quarry. So we went to the quarry and there we saw a bunch of guys with with robes and they were doing something weird with a pile of rocks. I'm not stupid enough to say exactly what they were doing with the pile of rocks, but I would mention that there was a bunch of guys with robes and pile of rocks. I don't know, you rolled a one. I did roll a one, but I'm not... I'd like to think I'm not that stupid. Please, can I not be that stupid? Okay, no. Well, that's uh, that's quite the story you've told us there, Sally. Quite ingenious, putting two and two together with the marsh rock and everything. Can you... Can you remember what these men looked like other than wearing robes? That sounds very peculiar if you ask me. Maybe what? they were foreign. <laughs> oh, they, no, they had they, hoods, I so. think they were from pretty close to home. Don't you think that, Vic? Mr. Wallace looks at you and uh, keeps his arm around your shoulder and um, just continues to pull you into an almost like tight but unnoticeable <laughs> hug. And says, "Oh no, this isn't this isn't the behaviour of an Englishman. I think I think maybe Mister Perkins is correct. Maybe they were foreigners." Uh, I don't I, know. I, I didn't... Side note: British people in the seventies blamed everything on foreigners. All right, we're not targeting any specific group; just everybody. <laughs> this is evil wizard. I think it's fine for him <laughs> to blame everything on foreigners. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I would, I would, I would continue with my rambling and being all like, I didn't get a very good look at them. They were wearing hoods, but but D ran after them, so so he might know. D, well, what can you tell us? Was there anything else that you spotted? I don't know. Didn't look like no foreigners to me. Well, I suppose it's really a job for the police to figure out who it was. Yeah, but it's you know, so. You've had yourselves quite the adventure. It's like we've got Marsh Haven's very own answer to the famous five. Do you think you'll be uh, be looking out for more mysteries to solve? I think you could count on it. Yes, we are, D we has are the not thrilling taken three. his 
eyes off of Wallace. <laughs> Victor steps forward and shakes Mr. Cop's hand. I'm just so glad that the children got the recognition that they deserved. Such pillars of the community. You must be very, very proud of your students. And he looks over at both of you and says, D, Sally, I'm sure our paths will cross again. Uh, Stay yeah. safe. Um, and he marches off. We're going to be real close friends there, Vic. You have a good one. Frank Perkins also goes his separate way. What do you do? How the hell did he get the re- get recognized as the guy who returned the stone? That's what I want to know. You'll talk to, uh, talk to some people about it. We'll get that figured out. Look, is, is Cup still there? Cups is well. Cups is there. He looks at you and goes, "Get inside, you two. Um, I wanna, all I kind of mannerisms have sort of changed now. There's no press about. There's nobody of any any importance. He doesn't really give a <laughs> about you. Yeah, sure thing, Chief. So you march off, and he goes on his way back to his office. Right. Yeah. No, Sally. We're going. We're going to talk to Thistledown about this. All right. We're going to get this all sorted out. Got it. That's okay. actually what he's doing first. He's going to go see Thistledown. How long until first session? Well, you're into morning form, form time, so registration. I don't know what that right, means. <laughs> okay, so basically, you would go to your homeroom. Yeah. Um, you would be registered. Oh, what do you call it over there? Roll call? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, okay, so like roll call, and you'll have a couple of minutes, and, and then you'll go off to your first period. So we're saying it's probably about 10 to 9, and you'll be in your first class by about 5 past 9. Okay. Yeah, because I want to get a couple of minutes stacked at Thistle. Okay, so you're heading you're heading off to go and see Miss Thist- Thistle down, are you? Yeah. Sally, I'll I'll be going to our full room. Okay, no problem. So you both enter the school. You walk through the reception. As you walk out of the reception, you go straight into the school hall, which is where your assemblies take place. There are a few people still milling about, getting ready to make their way to their form time. And as you walk through, there is this smattering of applause from everybody. It seems to you that the whole school knows about your adventures last night. They're shining a spotlight on us so we can't move. It's a smart move. I don't like this. Yeah, no, it's not good. What do you do? So there's people all around you. There's a couple of people already coming over to talk to you. Keep your cool. Play along. Don't do nothing stupid. Don't panic. Just roll with it. Right? You always wanted more friends anyways, right? That's that's not the same. We gotta deal with the situation as it is. We got eyes on. So, gotta play like it. A boy that you recognise as being in the fifth form marches over and he says... Is it true what they were saying to you? Uh, what what everybody's been saying about you two? Did you um? Did you find the marsh stone? Did you did you stop them from stealing it? Yeah. Well, yeah those we are two it. very different things. I mean, they stole it and then we stole it back. You st- but I thought you just warned someone about it. Yeah, Sally, we just warned a guy about it. Don't take too much credit. He's like very obviously winking and nudging Sally. <laughs> Sally is confused. Okay, Sally, make a brains roll for me. Oh, 
11. I did well that time. Yeah, wow. you, you click. You realise what, what, what Dee's oh, talking about. I realise what Dee's talking about. I just don't realise why. Yeah, you, you okay. realise the GMD is spread. Yeah. <laughs> the boy says, well, I think it, what you did was a marvellous job, a marvellous job. Listen, between you and me, I'm a prefect. The name's Colin, Colin Parker. If ever you want to jump the queue at dinner time, um, just let me know and um, you can, uh, you know, a little favour just for saying good job. Thanks, Colin. Why? No problem. And he goes marching off. Yeah, I was good on. Why, why, why are you, why are you going with their stupid story? Look, like I said, we got eyes on us, alright? You play along. That story is actually godsend. Otherwise, people are thinking we're more involved than we actually are, alright? Um, as you finish, the bell rings, um, signaling for you to go to your tutor room. What are you going to do? Hey, uh, come on. Let's go. Okay, so you head off to your tutor room, which is uh, Mrs. Nocturne's class. You head on in, and there's a few people already in the class, as expected. It's a very sparse classroom. There are just, like, rows of desks, um, and they're the proper old-fashioned flip-top desks. Um, <laughs> there's, like, a little inkwell in, in oh, the middle man. that... Hasn't been used since the fifties, but it's you know they haven't replaced the desks in forever, and they're and, and they're in pairs. You also know that everybody's assigned a seat, and the boys are on one side, and the girls are on the other side. As you get in, you can see already a few people kind of looking up and realizing it's the quote unquote heroes of the hour. One person in particular looks on over, and it's Rupert Nocturne the son of Mrs. Nocturne, who somehow has ended up in the in, in class with his mum, which is a bit dodgy. But anyway, um, we won't question it. I Rupert know, that says, happened to someone at my school and she was not happy. Her mum was strict. <laughs> I can imagine. And he says, oh, I suppose you think you're really clever, don't you? Everybody thinks you're the heroes. Yeah, I don't get it either. Anybody could have done that. The why do you, said, wise guy? Um, because actually, I don't go running around quarries. Yeah, I've a little like bit a more real, refinement than that. Like a real fun guy, though, pal. Oh, shush. No, bite me. I'm sorry? Yeah, Why would you want me. me to bite you? How ridiculous is that? Good grief. And he marches off and goes, goes and sits go down. Go soak your head. As the class begins to kind of settle down and sit in their seats. Um, Sally, tell me, whereabouts do you sit on the girl's side of the room? Oof. Well, I'm I'm assuming that it's been done alphabetically, and therefore I'd be quite near the back because my surname's Richards. Seems fair. D. Yeah, be about the same, Wilson. Yeah, you'll be you'd probably be right at the back, actually. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Although D might have been moved to the front as being recognised as a troublemaker. Well, yeah, there there <laughs> there is that potential. We'll come to that in a minute. As if on cue, Mrs. Nocturne arrives. Let me just pull up a picture. You may recognise the picture. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Kathy Bates in Misery is where we're going with, uh, with Mrs. Nocturne. She is, um, she is not a pleasant woman to know. She is foul. She is disinterested in her students and is only concerned with making sure that everybody thinks she's doing a good job and that she is a pillar of the community when 
actually, she is just in it for herself and for her disgusting little son, Rupert. I like that she's described as having a chronic sweating problem. <laughs> yeah, she does. She does. Um, she's known as the snail uh, to, to some students. Um, although I would probably make sure that she, she never, never heard hears that. call her the snail so she walks in and there's a total lack of interest in you there's something sinister about her she almost glides in and, well she is a uh, snail yeah and she looks around the room and she says sit and the class who are all used to it, including yourselves, obediently sit. We're not going to do too much with Mrs. Nocturne tonight, um, but she may come into play a little bit later down the line. Register is called. You do whatever it is that you... What would you normally do in those kind of uh, sort of five, ten minutes after register um, before your first lesson? Do you remember what we did at school? What <laughs> there is to do at your schools, but... He wants to talk to Thistle down. Okay, so what? You're just going to leave the classroom, are you? Uh, are we allowed to do that? No. Okay. <sighs> the notion of a hall pass is completely bizarre to us. We don't have them. Yeah, but you still um, have to ask permission to leave. Yeah, you just have to ask permission. If you've got a good enough reason then, and your teacher's kind of cool, then they might let you go. Yeah, uh, is this like a raise your hand situation? or? A yeah. This right. is a, a raise your hand situation. Yeah, he's just got to raise his hand. You raise your hand. Mrs. Nocturne glances up for a second and completely ignores you and continues marking some exercise books. He just does that, not really throwing up the throwing up the hands, just like I, the grief. <laughs> this lady, I swear. Something to say, Mr. Wilson? Yeah, uh, Miss. Nocturne, may I please go to the West Room? Okay, you're going to have to make a charm roll for me. Ask it real nice-like. Because <laughs> he knows this is the kind of person if you say, can I go to the bathroom? She's going to be like, I don't know, can't you? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Keep going. That'll no. be a seven. <laughs> I'm sorry, where do you want to go again? Do you all have a different name for it? Say the toilet. The toilet? Very good, Mr. Wilson. That is absurd. That sounds so much less dignified. Yo, I gotta take um, a dump. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, snail. Um, no, okay, so you're lucky I rolled really, really badly. And she looks at you and she says, oh, if it means not having to stare at your visage any longer, then just go. Wow. She just called me ugly. And she continues to mark her books. Yeah, uh, D grabs his bag, he's heading out, he's going to Thistledowns. Okay, you're heading off to Thistledowns. Dear, you've just left the classroom. Yeah. You've probably got about five minutes before the bell goes um, for your first period. You ar arrive fairly quickly and get to the door. What do you do? Uh, it's really like a little window on the door. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a window. You can see that Mrs. Thistledown is in her room and she's talking quite animatedly to her students 
who are her form. I'm gonna like crack the door open and kind of like knock on it. Okay. All right. So you knock on the door. You uh, slide it open. And you catch the the tail end of Mrs. Thistledown. She seems to be talking about the suffragette movement, which you would have heard about several times from her because it's something that she's particularly passionate about. She sees you almost immediately and she's like, oh, Derek, please don't just hang around there. Come in, come in. And she says, "Okay, students, we'll have to finish there for now. Please, will you head to your next class? Bell will go in just a moment. And they all get up. And you notice that a few of them are looking at you and whispering, clearly talking about the rumours that have been flying around about you and Sally. Finger guns. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the students exit, and it is just you and Mrs Thistledown in the room. Right, so I... I'm going to take a wild guess and say that you heard about what happened with Vic. It was predictable, shall we say. Um, Dee, you must understand that we can't talk about such things here. Yeah. You know, you know what the rumor mill is like. All right. Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. That's fine. Just saying, what's the plan for today? She puts her arm around you and starts to walk towards the door. And as as you get to the door, she opens the door and she begins to talk to you a rather loud voice, or in a rather loud voice, should I say. Yes, Derek, that's excellent. And for all your hard work and, and efforts um, regarding yours and Sally's adventures, I'd like you to do a little favour for me. Could you and Sally, perhaps during our lesson today, um, pop over to the Civic Hall? I believe uh, that Miss Schiller wants to personally thank you for helping with the recovery of the stone. It's the least I could do after, you know, such wonderful things that you've done. And to enhance the reputation of the school, make her brains roll for me. Oh, come on. I know exactly what she's doing here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. We'll play it out for me. What do you do? Yeah. D- 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 he just d- he gives her a thumbs up. He's like, yeah, no, sure thing. That, so- that, sounds-, that sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you All right, s- you know what? D has, been- d has been around his dad. Like, he's seen stuff like this. <laughs> okay, okay, oh God, I'll give yeah, you that. Oh, God, yeah, your dad's in prison, isn't he? Yeah. For being dodgy in many ways. Okay, so, yeah, all right, I'll give that to you. So, yeah, you, you give it your best stage whisper and you um, agree with, with Miss Thistledown. What do you do? Uh, I'll give her a little handshake, walk off. Go into okay. my class. <laughs> um, she calls out after you, um, uh, D. Just one other thing. Make sure that you do come here to register first. I, I gotcha. Make sure I'll, I'll fill Sally in. Okay, that's marvellous. Thank you. Now, hurry to your lesson. You don't want to be late. No problem. All right, so we're going to fast forward things a little bit here now. So the day goes by as expected. A few more people ask you about what was going on. You're, um, you're kind of the centre of attention during uh, your first break. about half past 10, with people that you have never, ever spoken to before, all asking you questions. How do you, how do you respond to that? What's your, what's your general vibe? What have you decided to? Like I said, Dee's playing along. He is playing it up. He's like, oh yeah, no, no, it was nothing, you know, right place, right time. 
you know, save the day. This is what we do. Break ends at about 11 o'clock-ish and you need to make your way over to Mrs. Thistledown's. So the pair of you go over there, you register and again, Mrs. Thistledown makes this huge pantomime about what a wonderful job you did and how it's your civic duty to go on over to the Marsh Exhibition to receive high praise from Mrs. Thistledown. All right. This is Thistledown or... uh, Sorry, from (laughs) Miss Schiller. You head on out to school... Yeah. Nobody tries nobody tries to stop you. Um Do you have change first. Yeah. So you've got a change of clothes with you, have you? Yeah, no, I threw yeah, them in my bag. bag. Oh, okay, yeah, that's fine, that's fair enough. Alright then, so off you go to the Elysium junkyard. Alright, Sally. We gotta come into this from a position of strength, okay? They're gonna try to push us around a bit. Alright, they think they think hey, we're young, we're impressionable. We can't do that, right? I'm impressed that Dee knows the word impressionable. What do you know about the Elysium junkyard? Uh, not much. Dee, Dee, is, Dee wanted to, like, probably heard about it, wanted to go, but got distracted with everything that's been going on. Okay. Um, yeah, no, a junkyard, that's totally a place Dee would hang out. <laughs> okay. You make your way over there. You ready for this, Sally? I don't think so. But, uh, what, what, uh, what's the plot? What are you feeling? I, this is all just very weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. I gotcha. When okay. we get through this, we're gonna sort this out and we're gonna, we're gonna get something out of it, alright? Then you're just gonna use this as some tools. Okay. Oh, I wondered when I'd be seeing you two. Nettles pads around the corner. Sally, you hear his voice in your head. Hi, Nettles. Where have you been? Here and there, just uh, checking out the town. They had some uh, some out-of-date sausages over at Spencer's Butchers. They were delicious. Nom, 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 nom. Lovely. Yeah, I think this is really unfair that you get to talk to my dog and I can't. It's, it's not my fault. Ask him. What the hell? I'm not blaming you. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, does do I do I detect a rift? Is this going to cause cause problems <laughs> oh, in no. our relationship? <laughs> no, like I said, Dee doesn't blame Sally for it. Dee's more annoyed at <laughs> freaking nettles. You head on over to the Elysium Junkyard. So just to clarify, it is around the back of Upper Gerard Way. I will never get bored of saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if I can find a picture for you. You could just find a pile of rubbish and be like. That's it. <laughs> there we go. No, because this is this is a. Like it's, a it's, uh, it's the yeah. one with all like the the train car. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Hey, it's a pile of junk. We um, sweet pile of junk. As you arrive at, at the at the junkyard, um, it's got a like a battered old sign that's over the top of a chain link fence that just says Elysium, and you guys walk on in. Can you all make crit rolls for me, please? That'd be a 14. I can try. Eight. Hey, Eight. that's pretty good. Better um, than I was expecting. So the minute you walk under the sign, you both spot a large group of people who have all spotted you and are now marching in your direction. Oh, they God. are... It's an assortment of men and women. They're all wearing leather jackets, blue jeans, and army boots. There's... 
an assortment of tattoos on some people, poking out of t-shirts on the neck. There's an assortment of mohawks and and skinheads and large, big, boofy hair. Um, (laughs) And they're headed right in your direction and they don't look happy. Sally bursts into tears. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, how like unhappy Sally are we talking about? Does it does it look like they're and fists and getting ready for a fight? It's, no, it's that. Well, given that you rolled a fourteen, you can see that this is uh, a group of people who mean business. They're not they're not ready for a fight, but they are ready to puff their chests out and let you know who's boss. Yeah, so this right. sort of thing Go would be terrifying to someone like D. Sally. <laughs> okay, yeah. so what, sorry, what are you doing, D? Do you step in front of Sally? Thank you. <laughs> okay, yep. Yeah, so, so this group of people, there are, let's see how many. There are seven of them all together. See, that would be very scary to a little girl. That's scary to D, too. He's got a <laughs> wicked high grit. <laughs> They stop in front of you and kind of fan out in a semicircle around you. One of them, a, a a bearded guy with a Union Jack bandana on his head, says, What do you think you're doing here? We're here to meet up with a couple friends. Ain't no friends of yours round here. This is a place for grown-ups. Now go on, clear off. No. I, I, at this point, Sally's gonna like tug at Dee's sleeve and hand him the card that she'd put in her bag this morning. Yeah, Dee. Dee's it's gonna like yeah, hold that up. Look familiar to you? Um, the man steps forward. He notices the card, but doesn't focus on it. He comes right up into your face. You can smell stale beer and cigarettes on his breath uh, as he stares. Reminds me of home. And he and he stares you down. I mean, he's actually. You guys are about the same height, you know. So you're particularly tall for a 13, 14 year old, and he's particularly small for a <laughs> a bloke. He's like, I don't know who sent you. But you need to wait right here. And without even taking his eyes off you, he grabs the card and marches off. The rest of the the group just stand there, staring at you. He's just staring back. Sally's quietly sniffing. Then if you need sound effects for that, just sample Eve. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's (laughs) true. You know, staring doesn't really work very well for podcasts, Uh, I realised. But never mind. uh... <laughs> Y'all are playing baseball? None of them speak to you. It doesn't take very long when suddenly you see there's a um there's a freight train carriage that the man has gone into and he comes out a couple of minutes later, followed by a couple of other people. And the first person you notice is this lady here. She is a woman in her early twenties. She marches with purpose towards you and stops right in front of you and looks you up and down. The man with her follows right behind. Um, He never kind of steps in line with her. He always a couple of feet behind. And he is a, a twitchy, ferrety little man with a big bushy beard and sunglasses um, and a denim jacket. The woman looks to you, Dee, then looks at Sally 
and says, Uh, what exactly is it that you want round here, children? Where did you get this? And she holds up the card. It was just, it was by my bed this morning. I'm sorry. Oh, please. I, go, I can't sorry. be doing with so weeping just... children. We gotta come from a place of strength. I just told you this. Oh, wait, look. We got that from Thistledown. Some of her guts so fails her. And she says, oh, that woman. She'll be the death of me, I swear. But she sends you children. And the man behind her says, <laughs> children, that's a bit strange, isn't it? Yeah. She turns around and the man immediately shuts up. And he says, oh, I'm sorry, my queen, I'm sorry. And she looks back and says, very good, very good. So it's you, is it? You're the ones. Very well. If I didn't owe her a favour, I'd turf you out on your ear. But needs must, I suppose. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Cassie. Cassie Pinion. This here is Michael. These are the, uh, the disciples. Um, make brains rolls for me, please. Like Jesus? That's a three. Also, I'm still crying, so... That'd be a three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we are not smart. <laughs> you've never heard the word disciples before. Oh, never not heard very of them. That either. <laughs> never heard of us, have you? Nah. Well, I doubt you would. It's probably past your bedtime when we're working. You're a smart cookie. I want to you. You're, you're clever. You're witty. I like that. She steps forward, and she grabs you by the throat. Oh dear! And she says, "Listen up, little boy." You're on my turf now. And whilst I still owe Thistle down a favour or two, you listen to me and you respect me, just like they do. All right? Sure. Do you understand? I do. Good. Then we won't have any problems then, will we? No. All right. Follow me. Um, she glances over at one of her, well, what she calls disciples, and she says... Snot bag, go back to business, will ya? And the disciples turn around and they head on back to the freight carriage. She looks at the pair of you and she says, well, come on then, follow me. And she takes you over to this little corner here. So you have to, you have to weave through stacks of like kind of rudimentary shelves full of assorted things. While this is all happening, can I pick up Nettles and cuddle him like a teddy bear? Yes, you can. And in fact, as you cuddle Nettles, <laughs> um, sensing your distress, um, I'm going to spend a psychic energy point. Oh, yeah, I forgot um, that that was also mental. And you can, um, and you feel um, a kind of warmth overcoming your body and you immediately feel better you're still scared you're still a bit nervous you don't know quite what you've gotten yourself into and the only thing that you've got is your your faith in in mrs thistledown to convince you that this is a good reason to be here but you definitely the, feel, feel a lot the, better the only reason that i've that i haven't run away is because it's on my character sheet that i'm loyal and that would be abandoning d Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Don't it. worry. I mean, Dee's whole thing is that Dee is a hard ass. <laughs> like, That's a dangerous combination. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's not great at a lot of things. A lot of things. 
But the best thing he is at is being a hard ass. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, if you didn't have nettles, Sally, you would probably be a, a, a wreck by yeah. now. Undoubtedly <laughs> so, yes. Okay, so, yep, and as you as you walk around some of these rudimentary shelves, you see, going past one of the aisles, you see a line of motorcycles, and the one closest to you, painted on the petrol tank in uh, ornate script, uh, are the words, the disciples. Mm, very fancy. Sally, I don't think you would know, but D, you would put two and two together and realise that they were a biker gang. Yeah, no kidding. Cassie gestures you forward and is like, come on, hurry up. I haven't got all day. I have business to conduct. And um, you can hear Michael squealing at the back. That's right. We've got lots of business, lots of business to do. And yeah, and eventually you get to a massive pile of junk and she pulls aside an old sheet of corrugated iron. And she says, this is as far as I go. Mrs. Thistledown wanted you to have this. So it's yours to use whenever you need it but you mark my words you take anything out of this junkyard without telling me first and i will cut you do i make myself clear crystal and with that she spins on her heel and she heads back to the freight train with michael on her heels you're stood in front of this pile of junk she's pulled aside this corrugated iron and all you can see is the only the best way to describe it is it looks a bit like a tunnel Hey, I got a flashlight. Yes, you do. <laughs> Look at you. I click that puppy on. I'm looking down at it. Boy Scout. Uh, yeah, flashlight and baseball bat. I have a I... dog. <laughs> just like a whole, wielding just a dog. hold him like a <laughs> rifle. I mean, it works with the other dog. You can hold it like. <laughs> okay, you're going into this into this tunnel, are you? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like a perfect tunnel. It isn't a perfect pathway. There are bits of bits of junk littered here and there, an old exhaust pipe, bed frames, things like that. But there is a very definite direction for you to go in. After walking what is probably no more than about 40 or 50 feet, you come out into an open space surrounded by junk. And in the middle of this big open space is a a very large Anderson shelter. And for those of you unfamiliar with the phrase, an Anderson shelter is um, it's like a bomb shelter, basically. They were used during the Blitz. People had them in their back gardens. They were very small. They were basically big holes dug in the ground with then corrugated iron placed over them and people would go in there when the air raid sirens went off. Sally, can you make a brains roll for me? I can if my laptop will cooperate. That's a two. You know that... I know nothing, let's face it. (laughs) Well, not exactly. You know that this thing has got something to do with World War II, but you don't know what exactly. Looking at it, there appears to be only one way in. There is a rudimentary door attached to the front of it. It's double-fronted, and it's probably about... 40 foot wide and about 30 foot deep that's a big so this is a big space that you're in Mm. okay and yeah what do you want to do anything in there you don't know you haven't gone in there Uh, yet i'm going there you're going in (laughs) i am i am not staying more than like 30 centimeters away from d 
okay. at all times. Yeah, I mean, it's very That's dark fine. in here, I'm assuming. But you've got a, you've got a torch, you're fine. Yeah. Sorry, you've got a flashlight, you're fine. You could say torch, okay, I know that one. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's it's like like I know that when an American says pants, they mean trousers. But, you know, I, I just kind of assume that the same would apply. That I say torch and you kind of instantly think of a, you know, burning stick. Yeah, no, uh, I, Americans are real dumb. <laughs> Let's face it, we do not expand outside of our own culture. <laughs> But yes, I, mean, I know Torch. British... I got I picked that one up pretty early on. Well done. <laughs> I mean I think I think both countries are pretty bad. I mean the the race we, we at which we learn We still languages. need to have the tea conversation on Twitter. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm interested to know how many other people that was a bit of a revelation to. Yeah. But I mean that's that's also just a geographic thing within this country. Yeah, it is totally. I mean nobody. Like else some has people tea. call it tea some people call it dinner some people call it supper like depending on how posh, posh you are yeah hot chow okay right <laughs> okay so you you head on into you head on into the anderson shelter there's not a huge amount in here it's very very dark the you've only got your flashlight so you're going to have to swing it round to really get an idea of what's in here because it is you know given your size really big it's massive it's palatial practically yeah um you know when in re when in reality it's probably say the size of like two garages side to side That's pretty big but yeah like i mean it, a double garage yeah do you swing your torch around there is a pile of old what looks like wooden tea chests you know the kind like that you threw over those ships in boston oh a uh, couple of hundred years ago. Bunch of crates. Um, <laughs> you traitorous. Um, Good riddance. <laughs> there is a rickety old shelf. There doesn't appear to be anything on it. There is a small table, three bed frames with no mattress or anything on them. It's literally just the, just the frames. And a couple of dusty old armchairs and that is it there's nothing else in this room at the moment well, wow this place that's, is freaking great i think that's that seems like kind of a lot of stuff i want to prod the arm one of the armchairs okay so you you're going over to the armchairs d what do you want to look at i'm gonna pop up on those crates you go over to the crates and you realize pretty quickly that they're they're empty there's no tops on them so yeah. i mean you could you could potentially turn them over and use them as seating if you wanted to or they might serve some other function at some point sally you are actually the closest as you turn away from the, the battered armchairs you glance down at the table and you realize that there's a slip of paper what are you going to do I, I will, I'll take the note. So you pick up the note. It's folded in half and you open it up and inside is some very familiar handwriting. You glance down at the name. It is Mrs. Thistledown. And she says, now that you have been informed about what we're all about, you need somewhere to hide your secrets. We cannot be seen together too often. And I certainly will not acknowledge you that much at school. Miss Pinion owes me a favour or two. She is aware of our order, but plays no part. Welcome to your new clubhouse. Anything that you might find or anything you might wish to do that is linked to the order stays in here. 
It is protected and no one will ever find it. So, Dee and Sally, you have got yourselves a clubhouse. Yay! The butter. I'll put... Uh, they are butter and... But... Butter and... Boy, I have a real hard time saying that word. I never said it before. Butter and us up. But- <laughs> butter. And- butter. Button. Buttering is. Buttoning us Buttering. up. Buttering. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they are indeed butting us up. Yeah. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. I think we're going to finish there tonight. And at some point, we'll have a get together because I think we need to build this clubhouse and we need to create it so i'm thinking maybe a little patreon episode of you guys furnishing and collecting and making this your esoterical home from home all right yeah so how was that how was that was that okay bit of a downtime episode today i mean there are a few things few things happened yeah but it was a little bit more chilled out i i love the fact that neither of you (laughs) had any conversation about this dark ritual that's going on <laughs> i think at some point you are gonna have to yeah yeah no no like, yeah, like I, I don't think we like really want to talk about that in the open this is the place that we talk about that kind of thing yeah now we have a safe house of sorts we can we can have that but i mean sally's tr- still trying desperately to cling to denial it's not it's, it's yeah away. i don't know how long you're gonna be able to do that it's, you've got a talking dog in your head i know like, you got d right there is like Flat out, I'm going to learn magic. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. So just to wrap up, Kat, have you managed to listen to any podcasts this week? (laughs) I'm sorry. For shame. I've asked asked for wireless headphones for my birthday so that I can listen to podcasts on the bus. Well, when you finally get there, I think I've said (laughs) it before, but check out the Decker tapes. That's so good. I have had the tab open on my my laptop since you mentioned it. I, I just haven't got around to actually listening it's to it. It's really, really good. Have you listened yeah. to it yet? Uh, no, I haven't had a chance on that one yet. <sighs> I've been, quite, I've been playing catch-up for... Like, I, what are you catching up on at the moment? Uh, uh, let's see. Um, well, I mean, just a whole bunch of different stuff. Uh, been uh, listening to a Horror Borealis. Oh, I, I, I've heard of it. I haven't listened to it yet, though. Yeah. Uh, What's that about? It's uh, Monster of the Week. Oh, okay. Awesome. Love Monster of the Week. What have I been listening to? So, Oh, I can't even remember. There's been so much. 2298 was a bit mind-blowing for me the other night. I binged that. that yeah, was, I get that one. That was, that was something else. That was really, really good. And the, the, the I think there are some other series that are kind of linked to it but happen in different time frames but yeah awesome really really good <laughs> caravan was great i don't know if i talked about that one before weird west that's brilliant um yeah just loads and all my usuals my kids on bikes i've just finished listening to well listening to a few episodes of loot and dagger um before we uh, started recording um which is a D one um and those guys are tight they are awesome i love Mistborn, and it's so much southern charm in that which always gets my heart fluttering anyway so you know <laughs> put a southern character in and i am sold but anyway i feel like i'm rambling now so we're going to finish up there guys thank you for uh, a wonderful session as always i fully appreciate you i'm concerned that you're going to ask for something now 
no, 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 not at all. I just want to say thank you very much. Oh, um, sweet. So we're going to finish there. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. And if you like, please do subscribe. And obviously, if you're really into us, you can always um, hop onto our Patreon and come and check out some of our awesome content, which is slowly but surely building up. We've got Nettles Fireside Chats. We've got these uh, tapes. We've got a few news stories in there, little bits and pieces, just to get you really kind of into the Marsh Haven world. Yeah, I'm really but not pulling my weight there, am I? It's fine, it's fine. <laughs> There's no obligation for anybody to do anything except play. You know that. Mm-hmm. All right, so from Kat, it is... Goodbye. And from Eve, it is... Peace out. <laughs> and from me, Jimmy Sprinkles, the angry imp, it's goodnight. Bye. Hey there, my name is Sophie Lesnin Redacted. My name is Mara Sunshine. My name is Joe Alias. If you're like us, you love fantasy, sci-fi, and all other forms of fiction. Also, if you're like us, you can't stand that the entirety of those genres get dominated by incredibly boring and interchangeable cis, white, abled, straight, male protagonists. Stories like that just weren't relatable to us. So we started making our own. Come join us at Dungeons and Queers, a podcast where we play tabletop RPGs like D&D and Interstitial, and focus on creating stories with diverse characterization and good representation of marginalized groups. We try to tell serious stories in a lighthearted way, focusing on themes like overcoming loss, finding your true family, and subverting your fascist government at every opportunity. Find Dungeons and Queers wherever you listen to podcasts if you're interested in hearing stories about people like you.